Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! Hey everyone, it's the day before the first game of the preseason for the Jets in which a lot of Jets starters won't play much, but it is also organized football. So let's go. I'm Tim McMaster along with the Athletics Zach Rosenblatt, our Jets reporter. Uh, subscribe to YouTube if you haven't. If you're watching us, give us the thumbs up as well. Tell your friends. Um, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening. We appreciate that. If you are uh, watching us live, at the end, we're going to try to take some questions. So throw some questions in the chat um, and whatever comments you have as well. Uh, we got a lot to get to. We're going to talk about... Just news around the team since we last spoke. It's been about a week. Uh, we're going to do stock up, stock down over the first two weeks of training camp. And, of course, look ahead to Thursday night's game in Canton. Uh, Zach, you are not in Canton yet, currently in New Jersey, heading to the airport a little bit later today. Um, have you been interviewed by Hard Knocks yet? <laughs> I have not. You know, they want their ratings to stay on the up and up. They don't <laughs> want it to decline. So um, I have not been. I, I did see the trailer. It is kind of weird seeing the Jets be a part of like the trailer, even like even that we know that it's happening. Like you see the Hard Knocks trailer every year and seeing like the Hard Knocks noises and stuff going along with stuff that I saw in practice is pretty it's pretty fascinating. But you know, I'm I'm excited for the Marissa Dunn Bowl tomorrow. That's for sure. Yeah, and we will get to that. Um, obviously, the Jets' perspective, and then and then what we expect from Michael Dunn as well. Uh, we saw some. We got to see some photos of uh, Michael on the field with baby after practice yesterday. That was that was pretty cool. Um, so it's been fun to, to kind of ride along with that that storyline as well. All right, let's get to the news. Um, and the first thing I was going to talk about is already in the chat. So we'll we'll get there first. Um, when we last were on the podcast, Dalvin Cook was planning to visit the Jets over the weekend. He did that. Took in a practice. Obviously, had some conversations with uh, the Joe Douglas, the coaching staff. He is not a Jet. As of now, as we record this on Wednesday morning. Um, so where does the situation stand with Dalvin Cook? You know, I would say I've never really quite seen something like that, where a guy who's on a free agency visit is kind of getting paraded around practice and fans are cheering for him. And it was a very interesting scene, you know, Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure Sean Payton loved it. <laughs> so like all of that and then him leaving without a deal, like, yeah. weirdly makes me think they're less likely to sign him than I did like before that visit. It, it, because I, you know, it's almost like he's being too loud about his interest with um, the jets. And he's kind of, I think he was trying to get other teams to offer him something. I, I, I don't think the jets are necessarily budging on how much they're willing to pay him. I don't know what they've offered him. It's probably less than he wants. I think he's asked for throughout this process. I think he's asked for a little too much. And, uh, as you've seen with the running back market this offseason, teams are just not willing to pay running backs. So you might have to settle for something. So I, I think it ultimately depends on if he wants to stay home in Miami, if he wants to go to the Jets. I don't know if the Patriots' interest is real. So maybe he just sticks in the AFC East. I don't know. But um, I don't get the sense that it's going to wrap up quite yet. So this might be another week or two before we even know where he's going. But I don't have a great feel. I would say – I'm less confident he's going to be a Jet than I was before, though I still do think it's a good possibility because I, I think Aaron Rodgers does want him. Um, they He did just restructure his contract right before that visit, uh, which cleared up some space for the next couple of years. So I, I think they need a veteran running back. If, I think we've talked about this. Like I, I'm not entirely confident in Michael Carter as a lead back. I think Zonovan Knights had a really good camp, but you know at the end of last year, as team started preparing for him, it wasn't as good. Izzy Abanaconda is still adjusting the NFL. So I think they could stand at a, at a veteran of some sort. And Dalvin Cook is the best one on the market, obviously. I wonder if he's just waiting, and this sounds terrible, but waiting for an injury 
somewhere else. Yeah. Right. Cause then the price goes up. Desperation. And, yeah. And I don't mean that in like, Oh, he's hoping somebody gets hurt. I'm just thinking like, you know, right now there's not a lot of options, but the moment a top a number an RB one yeah. goes down for another team, suddenly the market opens up for Dalvin cook. And it's just a matter of like, how long is he willing to wait for that versus just signing? And so maybe he does end up being a jet, but not until like, running backs across the NFL stay healthy for the next week or so, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, the running back situation is so wild across the league right now. You look at the Colts with the Jonathan Taylor stuff. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that is definitely a thing that these guys think about. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think that he's trying to wait out until a team becomes desperate enough to give him the money that he wants clearly. And I, I, the Jets have talked about confidence that Brees Hall is going to be back week one. We've talked about this a lot on here, obviously. Um, uh, and he's not even going to be back in practice for a couple weeks is what Salah said. I think he said he anticipates a couple weeks from now or like definitely not the Panthers practices next week. So maybe the Buccaneers ones the week after that. And if he's only just starting practicing two weeks, before, two or three weeks before the season starts, like, I don't know, even if he plays week one, he's not going to be a full workload and they have their first six games are the hardest stretch of the season. So yeah. they, they need their, their best possible offense out there, especially, you know, this Garrett Wilson thing, which we're, we're going to get to, uh, you know, you see that happen and it's going to wind up being a minor thing, but in the moment you're like, Oh crap, they're losing their best weapon. And they have Brees Hall who's still working his way back. So I, I think Dalvin cook is going to be a real possibility until the moment he signs somewhere else, I would say. Yeah, good transition to uh, Garrett Wilson. He's next on the list. It is a low ankle sprain, which in my experience is better than a high ankle sprain because anytime somebody gets a high ankle sprain, uh, everything comes like all these terror stories come out right about like because I think a high ankle sprain is closer to like a broken leg than it is a sprained ankle. You know what I mean? But a low ankle sprain is a legit sprain like we think of it um so that's the good news is that's what it is and he's supposed to be back saturday but i feel like until somebody sees him run a clean route in practice we're just gonna be a little nervous well and i would and i get why everybody freaked out on saturday because he's you know probably one of their three or four most important players uh but what i would i would just caution against running to the fantasy football doctors on on twitter when they're just analyzing it based on a video because especially a grainy practice footage video. Like, I, I just don't think you should listen to those. Like, I, if you remember, I think there was um, some people who thought Zach Wilson tore his ACL last year when he in the preseason, and that wound up not being the case. So I would just caution against the freakouts in the immediate aftermath. I think the fact that, you know, nothing ever came out about it being serious within the next day or two after it happened um, m- meant that it wasn't serious. And so I – I, I get the feeling that they all feel like they dodged a bullet there. You know, they're, I think they're going to, you know, wrap him up and, uh, and try to keep, keep in a bu- and keep him in a bubble as much as they can <laughs> for a little while. But he even. does have to get, I mean, I know the chemistry is coming along nicely with Rogers, but you can't just stop that for a few weeks. Yeah, you know what I mean? totally. Yeah. I mean, that, that, if there's anything other than the fact that, you know, who knows what this is and if it lingers or whatever, I guess, but yeah, the, the fact that he's losing rep, in time in this offense with Rogers learning all the the things that Rogers does and building their chemistry even more like, yeah, for sure. That's the biggest negative. I'm not concerned about that yet, especially if he's back, whether it's Saturday, Sunday, or for the Panthers practices next week. Uh, or I, I'm curious if they ease him back or how it looks, but yeah, it, they, they dodged a bullet there. And my immediate thought, even though ironically Corey Davis was home because he was sick that day, but my immediate thought was, okay, you <laughs> if, they lose Garrett Wilson, then having Corey Davis in the building is not the worst thing. So, um, and I thought I think Corey's looked pretty solid in camp so far. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how they use him and Alan Lazard and stuff. But yeah, so they they have depth at receiver, and it's for reasons like this. If you lose your best player, like who's gonna fill in? And so, um, you know, McCall Hardman has had some injury issues in the past too. Uh, Corey Davis has been injured a lot in the past. I think Alan Lazard's been pretty healthy. Randall Cobb's older, so these these are not a lot of guys that like get through a full season necessarily. So um, the depth is a good thing for sure. All right. One more in the news and notes section. And that is a week ago, we said goodbye to Denzel Mims. Um, we all kind of shed a tear here on the podcast this week. We say goodbye to Quan Alexander. 
who was r- randomly one of the big stories of this offseason, Zach, whether or not he would return to the Jets. He is uh, going to the Steelers. He has signed with the Steelers. So now we can officially say goodbye to Quan. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, as soon as I saw the news, I knew fans are not going to be thrilled about it. But um, like I've been saying this whole time, if the Jets really wanted to bring him back, they would have brought him back. Like he was sitting there the whole time. Um, I didn't see what he got from the Steelers. I'm not sure if that was available yet. Let me pull up over the cap to see real quick. Cause I'm curious what they paid him. Um, let's see here. Oh, that doesn't list it. I imagine it's going to be something like the minimum. Um, and the Jets seem to really be committed to giving Jamie and Sherwood a shot. You know, he's a guy in his third year. He's been in this defense uh, all three years. They, you know, they believe in his athleticism, his ranginess. Uh, he's still developing. The, the third linebacker ultimately is on the field not very much because they run a nickel a lot. Um, they play three safety sometimes. So, I, the third linebacker position is not that important. I think the depth is definitely an issue at linebackers. If you lose C.J. Mosley or Quincy, I think that's that's a problem. But they're giving Jer- Jamin Sherwood a shot. They're trying to see if Zaire Barnes, the kid they drafted in the sixth round, has anything. Um, and, yeah, so this is what they're rolling with. I mean, maybe they'll bring a veteran in at some point, or maybe when the when the cutdowns of the 53 happen, there's somebody out there they claim. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, Quan, they decided to move forward without him. And, you know, I, the fans were obsessed with him. I never quite understood why. I mean, he has, like, the energy of a player that you'd like, and he was a solid player for that last year. But, ultimately, they just if they liked him enough – to bring him back, they would have brought him back because he was sitting there the entire offseason. So, yeah, it's, it's telling. All right, Alfonso Austin Rivera points out that we incorrectly said Twitter. We're not allowed to say. <laughs> I will. I will not be calling it X. I'm sorry, Alfonso. <laughs> we could get into a whole thing about like how you would trash a brand that had taken over the world and like become oh part God. of everyone's language. It's, but anyway, we'll by the on. way. Do, uh, uh, just to touch on this real quick, because so we were talking about this at Jets the other day because the the logo changed now on Twitter, obviously. And I can't find have... it on my phone, by the way. Yeah, like, yeah. I can't visually the X yeah, what, on yeah, my yeah. phone is invisible for some reason. But what somebody said was they keep thinking they're getting alerts from the Athletic when they get it because it's mm-hmm. like black with like a letter in the box. I'm like, you know, maybe this could be like a like compared to when U2 had their album automatically put in everybody's phone. Like, you know, maybe people just automatically get Athletic notifications, and that'd be good for yeah. us. It actually caused me to this tip for uh, pro athletic users, but you can change the color of the athletic icon. Oh, can um, I didn't know ca- that. yeah. If you go into settings, you can make it like there's like 20 colors to choose from. Oh, so I made it maroon, um, just so I wouldn't confuse it with X. So there you go. If if people are interested. All right, <laughs> moving on. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Stock report time. Stock up and stock down. We'll do up first. We'll start positive, then we'll go to the down. Um, Stock up. This one, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers in general for this team is stock up. But in your article, and people can check it out on The Athletic, regardless of what color your athletic avatar is, you can check out Zach's great stories and you can do it for $1.99 a month, theathletic.com slash can't wait. So, um, but this stood out to me that you had stock up Rodgers relationship with Tyler Conklin, because we've heard about obviously a lot about the other, you know, Garrett Wilson and how he's connecting with different players, but I hadn't really thought or seen much about Tyler Conklin. Yeah. Before I touch on that, just real quick, I should like the, my initial stock up was Rogers' commitment to the jets. Yeah. Um, and yesterday he had a quote, which fans obviously love um, where he said, this is going to be a few years partnership. So when he was it talking brings up about the, the age old debate of what is a few like versus a couple, yeah. right? I, in my opinion, also, a few is th- at least three. three. Yeah. But, but yeah, so we were kind of joking among the media. Like it seems like every time he talks now, he's adding another year on how long he's going to be staying. Um, the contract is pretty clear to me that he's going to stay at least two years, unless this year is an absolute disaster, which obviously can't be completely rolled out. 
or, or a championship, like, right? Or yeah. a championship. Yeah. Um, but I, I, even then I, I wonder if he would want to go off to the sunset or if he would want to try and get another one. But, um, but yeah, anyway, I just wanted to touch on that real quick, but yeah, for the Conklin part. Yeah. I mean, Rogers has always been good with tight ends and Conklin was a training camp star last year. So maybe this is just like his time to shine going against the Jets linebackers and safeties and stuff. But um, yeah, they've really had a good connection. Uh, you know, I think in the red zone, he's looking for Conklin. Conklin's made a lot of really good plays. And, and Rodgers is really good, especially in the short to intermediate area of lasering in a quick pass into a tight window against a he- heavily covered guy. And that's kind of like the sweet spot for a tight end like Conklin. He's not really going to go deep very much. So I, I I think stock is up on Conklin w- with Rodgers because I, I think they have bu- building, they have a budding chemistry and, uh, and Rodgers likes using the tight ends quite a bit. CJ Uzama's back in practice. So I'm curious to see how the, that group will look. Jeremy Ruckert is, you know, I think he's on an up and down camp. I don't think it's been perfect. He's made some plays. He's had some drops, but Conklin to me is still the clear tight end one. All right. Jermaine Johnson is a beast. Yeah. Um, I think we might've touched on this last time, but yeah, he's still just every practice seems to get to the quarterback. Uh, I'm not, a, I, I imagine he'll play on Thursday night against the Browns. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I imagine he would. Yeah, he's getting pretty even split of snaps with Carl Lawson. I just think he looks like just ready to go off. And if I was like picking somebody to have like a surprise breakout or something where they, you know, at the end of the year, you're looking at their stats and you're like, whoa, Jermaine Johnson had eight and a half sacks or like whatever it is. Like, I, I think he has that kind of ability and talent and he just looks the part. So I'm curious to see if this translates to when he's not going against Jets offensive tackles is what I would say. And that's we'll touch on that when we get the stock down. Uh, one more stock up. And again, there's a lot more of these in your story. I just picked the ones that I, I found to yeah. be the most interesting. And Tony Adams could be this team's starting safety and is playing to that level so far. I mean, you could throw anybody in as a starter, but he's actually playing at that level. He's maybe been the biggest surprise at camp for me because I knew that they, they all liked him in the building. Um and, you know, he fought his way under the roster last year. He was not a lock. He had a pretty good camp last year. But this year he's been one of the most consistent ball hawks on the Jets' defense. He's made plays. He intercepted Rodgers the other day. You know, Salah was interviewed by Kay Adams, and she, like, asked for, like, a player that's, like, stood out. And he usually doesn't single out people. And he, like, couldn't help himself when he said Tony Adams. And you hear what Jeff Ulbrich had to say about him yesterday. He's just, like, raving about all the different things he can do, his versatility and 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 you talk to Tony, and he just like he he had, he had a press conference the other day, and he's just like he has so much confidence that I don't remember seeing. I think maybe he was a little more nervous last year. He, so I, I I did not expect when they lost Chuck Clark and Adrian Amos was signed right away that they would have a legit competition for that second spot. I you know Amos has been in the league a long time; he's been pretty successful. Tony Adams is an undrafted kid. If the season started tomorrow, Tony Adams is a hundred percent starting next to Jordan Whitehead, and at this point, it would take Adams not looking good in the preseason, which is possible. Uh, it would take him not looking good in the preseason and not have that job or at least get on the field quite a bit. So he's been a very pleasant surprise. And if, and if you found like a starting caliber player and an undrafted free agency last year, that just like continues a run of like Joe Douglas deserving kind of some credit for finding diamonds in the rough there. I mean, Bryce Huff was an undrafted guy and he, they, they second round tendered in this off season. I think there's a couple, I mean, Jason Brownlee, who I'm sure we're going to get into as a guy this year, I think might be legit. I feel like there's a couple others I'm blanking on that people can uh, include in the chat, but um, yeah, he's uh, he's been very impressive. And as of now, I'd be surprised if he wasn't starting week one. All right. Stock down. And this will, this could go one way or the other, probably starting Thursday night, but Makai Becton. Yeah. I mean, look, he, he was always going to be, I think maybe everybody thought he would come in day one, including myself, to be honest, like thought he would come in day one because of all the stories we saw about his, the shape he was in, how much weight he lost, that he'd come in day one, ready to go and would like come out and prove that he deserved a chance to start. But the reality is he still is not completely in football shape. It's been a while since he played football. He, you know, his knee is still not a hundred percent, or at least, you know, if it was, he wouldn't need a rest day to, to, to help recover the knee the other day. So, I think it's taken him longer to get back to where I thought he might be at the start of camp than I expected. And so that's why he has, he's not really a part in my mind because he, he's only gotten second team reps throughout camp when he even practices. 
he has not been a legit threat to start at left tackle uh, against Dwayne Brown. He's not even practicing. So I, I think it would take quite a good preseason from Makai to be really thrown into the mix. Um, Salah made it seem like it's like a long journey ahead before they even feel comfortable. So, um, you know, he, Makai, uh, you know, maybe we'll get into him more when we talk about the preseason game. Uh, so I won't cover everything here, but, uh, yeah, I, I guess I expect him to be more a part of the competition and that's why I said stock down for him. Yeah. That makes, makes sense. Um, not going far from Makai, the rest of the offensive tax. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of been the storyline of camp so far. Um, Billy Turner and Max Mitchell have been flip-flopping, left tackle, right tackle. Uh, and with the first team, I'd say Billy Turner has struggled quite a bit against this D-line. Max Mitchell has had some ups and downs. The second team guys have been like Carter Warren, Yanni Kajust. They have a guy named Greg Sinat, who was on the roster last year on injured reserve. He's gotten some reps. Um and maybe like Adam Panky or something like that has been with the third team. Like, but it, it's it's been rough. Starters, reserves, that tackle, like the defensive ends are just kind of winning that battle to a pretty extreme degree. And as Taylor Degado just asked, is the D line that good? Is their O line just that bad? And that's kind of what I've been saying. It, this is the time of year where it's hard to figure out those things. Like, is a position group dominating because they're that good? Is it because the group they're going against is bad, or is it a combo of the two? And so I think you've seen over the years like Jets receivers going off in camp because Jets corners were so bad for so long. But, you know, I, this, this group hasn't inspired a lot of confidence. And if Dwayne, I think Dwayne Brown kind of changes the calculus a bit. And it, once he gets back, I'll feel better about this group, but you're still relying on a 37 year old guy coming off a shoulder injury. So if, if, if Dwayne Brown can't play the level, I think he can, then, you know, I think it, it'll be fair to wonder why Joe Douglas didn't like make a bigger splash trying to upgrade the spot or, or maybe at some point they move ABT to the outside or something like that. But yeah, as of right now, it's a concern. I, I think it's just too early to completely sound the alarms. I, you know, we technically are only two weeks into camp, even if it feels like it's way longer. They've spread it out, so they've been a bunch of rest days. So I think once we get to the joint practices next week in Carolina, that's when I'm going to be able to be like, all right, this is a problem or this is not a problem. All right, one more stock down, and I'm sure we'll do more of these as camp moves along. But Tim yeah. Boyle who's supposed to be the third string quarterback. You know how we feel about that here on can't <laughs> wait, but, uh, but Aaron Rodgers feels differently. Yeah. Um, he had a good, I should say Tim Boyle had a good practice yesterday. He made a few really good throws down the field. Uh, one to Jerome cap, the other two can't remember even Malik Taylor. Uh, but yeah, generally he's, I don't think he's had a particularly good camp. He's been a little inaccurate. Chris Strebler, you know, Strev, isn't a perfect thrower by any means, but he's, he has an ability to make plays with his feet. I think he's um, just had a better camp so far. I think the preseason is going to be very key for that battle more than anything though. Rogers is comfortable with Boyle. So um, that, that'll help because the QB three, the new emergency quarterback three rule. Uh, I think there's been some confusion about this, but the third quarterback needs to be on the roster, the active roster in order to use them as your emergency. You can't just do a practice squad elevation. So um if they're going to do a quarterback that's on the team right now, it'll be Strebler or Boyle. And Boyle is still the favorite, even if I don't know if that's necessarily the case. But I think they'll be able to get Strebler through to the practice squad. And then, you know, if they really wanted to elevate him, then they can. And, and then they could, if they wanted to use him like they did in that Jaguars game or whatever. <laughs> or even the week before, I feel like maybe they had some packages for him. I can't remember. Um, so, yeah, I Tim Boyle has not been great, but – the preseason will be the biggest test for him. All right, let's shift our attention to the preseason and Thursday night's game. What to expect? Uh, who's going to kind of play that we'll be interested in? And also, you know, what we're most like excited about and looking forward to as far as this game goes. Uh, let's start in the offense. I mean, we already talked about Becton. Uh, we didn't mention his comments Tuesday. So I, I think he's obviously maybe the biggest key on Thursday yeah. seeing how he plays. But he kind of stepped back a little bit from his offseason comments where he obviously blamed the coaching staff for the injury. And then he said he would only play left tackle and all that stuff. Tuesday, he says, wherever they want me, I just want to be on the field. That took some maturing. It's That's the big thing for me. I just want to play. So at least somebody got in his ear and told him to say the right thing, even if he doesn't think that right now. Um, he, I mean, in his position, man, he's got to be humble. Yes. He, he hasn't 
earned the right to have anything given to him. And I think that's kind of the point you read between the lines with Salah's comments sometimes when he's talking about Dwayne Brown or he's talking about Max Mitchell. He's always like, they don't think they just deserve anything. They go out and they earn it. And it, it's hard not to take those moments as like shots at Makai. So I think, you know, he put a target on his back with those comments he had where he criticized coaching staff. Um, you know, he, he seems to be in a good place mentally, emotionally, um, physically. He's in a good place. He's down to 350, which is the lowest he's been since college. I think he was at like 400 at one point. Um, like that's a, that's a pretty significant weight loss. Um, but, you know, he also couldn't help but like, you know, there's a comment he had about how going into last season, he got the wrong surgery. He, he like, he should have gotten the six month one, but he got the year one or whatever. So he's still like, I'm not saying he's making excuses, but like, I don't know. I, it, he still has so much to prove and, this preseason game on Thursday is going to be huge for him. I'm sure it's a big moment for him personally because he's been so long since he's gotten a chance to play football. He played one game two years ago and none last year. So, I, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very curious to see how he looks. And, I, you know, I, I think there's been a lot of, like, hubbub about the idea of him getting traded at some point. And I, I think it's fair to, to think that's a possibility. I, I think there are people in that building that – you know, were rubbed the wrong way by some of the stuff he said. I, I think they, they like the kid and they think he works hard and all that stuff. But ultimately, um, he hasn't proven anything. He's a guy that was a first-round pick. He's tantalizing prospect, big, athletic, strong. Uh, I think there would be some teams that would be interested. I don't know what they'd be able to get for him. But, you know, if he plays well enough in the preseason, then does that mean they want to, they're more likely to want to keep him or does, do they want to dangle him to get draft picks? Like that, That's going to be one of the storylines for me. I'm keeping an eye on between now and the start of the season, I would say. Yeah, and that was actually one of the questions out of the chat was would they actually trade him? So we could would they? Yes, I, I would say yes. I think off. they would. Will they? Will be the question. And you know, I, I definitely think there's a chance that they do. Yeah, Alfonso Austin Rivera was was curious about that. So good stuff there. Um, all right, the other key guy, I think, at least on the offensive side, is Zach Wilson. We get to see yeah. Zach. How much Zach are we going to see? Um, have they have they talked about that Zach much? About like, is it so- a quarter? Is it a half? Salo said he wasn't sure yet. I'm sure they are sure because I, I, I imagine they don't just decide that the day of. So, yeah. um, I, uh, so if Makai's playing 20 to 25 snaps, maybe it'll be something like that, I would say. Like, I, Makai is more because they're trying to give him – they're trying to ease him back, I think. But, you know, so 20 to 25 snaps, depending on how long a series is, that would be like one, two, three possessions. I, I would say maybe he, he's out there for the first half or – first quarter or something like something along those lines like a regular preseason type situation i i would play him a bunch you know but you have to factor in they're not going to play avt they're not going to play Connor mcgovern they're not going to play lake thompson i think max and billy turner because they're battling are going to play Makai obviously is going to play uh joe titman west schweitzer um carter warren like so they they have like guys that are going to be out there blocking but I'm assuming uh, yeah, the Browns' big pass rushers aren't going to play either. Yeah, so exactly. What's, what's, that's a good point, too. Yeah, what should be good for the offensive line to go against a defensive line that's not as good as their own. So, <laughs> um, but, yeah, Zach Wilson is the biggest storyline of the preseason, for sure. You know, that everybody said the right things about him. We haven't – he hasn't talked since the preseason started, which is a little frustrating. I don't know why exactly we haven't spoken to him yet. He's going to talk after the game, but um, – you know, I think he's shown some signs of improvement. I don't think he's – the inaccuracy is still there. He makes some throws sometimes that are, like, that are way off, and I'm confused. But he also has done a better job of – I don't think he's thrown a pick. So, and I think most of his throws have been – even the bad ones are to an area where it can't get intercepted, which is progress. I think he's done a better job of progressing through his, his progressions, um, which was an issue last year. But ultimately, confidence was my biggest question mark for him because he had none last year. He was, like, scared to be out there, so – uh, when the lights are on, everybody's watching him on Thursday night. Is he going to look nervous? Is he going to look like he did last year? Is he going to revert back to what he was? Or is having Aaron Rodgers there? You know, I think Aaron said that he wants to, like, be in the head- headset and he wants to, like, be a part of the process on Thursday. So maybe having his soothing voice in Zach's ear will, will calm him down. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm encouraged somewhat by how Zach has looked. I don't think he's shown enough to say that guy can be a starter anytime soon, but uh, I, I've been reserving judgment until we see him in an actual game setting. So it's going to be very interesting to see how he looks up Thursday because this is really big for him. It's also 
quarterback in general, I think, is fun Thursday because, you know, assuming Zach starts and then however long he's in, once he's out, then it's the Boyle and Strebler show, which is exciting as well, I think, as far as I'm concerned, just seeing these oh, guys. Yeah. Boyle obviously has to make up for what we were saying, how he struggled a little bit, and people just love seeing Strebler play football. Well, m- Mr. Mr. Fourth, Mr. Fourth Quarter, too. That He led, yeah. like, three comebacks in the preseason last year. Yeah. So the legend of Chris Strebler – it will continue, I think. Um, so that brings me that kind of tr- we can transition to like what we're excited about. And I think one thing is is Jason Brownlee, who a lot of the preseason is like who you're matched up with, right? Like, yeah, if you're, if you're Jason Brownlee, no offense to Chris Strebler, you know, we know you, we love you, Chris. But like if I'm Jason Brownlee and I really want to impress in the preseason, I'd probably rather have Zach th- out there with me throwing the passes right like just from point, like yeah. timing and arm strength so so who does brownlee who i think everybody wants to see who is he on the field with? i mean i he'll probably be on the field with zach I, he might even start because i you okay. know i don't think garrett obviously won't play lazard i imagine won't cobb won't hardman won't uh Corey davis i don't think would so there's not much left there. So it's basically yeah. the UDFA wide receiving core. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and these guys have gotten a lot of, these guys, him and Xavier Gibson have both been getting reps with Rogers Wilson and the third stringers, which I think is on purpose. Cause if they do make the team, they need to have like some practice them. But I think that's why I'm so high on Brownlee. Cause he's making his plays to everybody. Yeah. And he had a one, we were talking about this before the show. He, I mean, uh, anyone who's in here knows about his catch yesterday, I'm sure because it was all over Twitter. Um, but it was one of the best catches I've seen in a training camp practice. It was a deep ball down the field from Zach Wilson, by the way. It was one hand. He leaped up, caught it with one hand, brought it in, caught it, landed pretty hard on his arm. And I think he, I think Sala said he was a little tingly in like his wrist or something like that. Uh, it seemed like he was fine. I imagine he's going to play on Thursday, but all, all I can like, I've, he's been good enough in camp and I know, you know, it's training camp and you have to take it with a grain of salt. Sometimes I overvalue this stuff every year and then I come back and regret it. <laughs> but he's, he's looked good enough that he's one of those guys, like, how did this guy go on draft kind of thing? Like Sal even said, like, we really, I always laugh at comments like this, but he, he, he said, we, we really wanted to draft him. Well, in my, in my head, I'm like, well, then you could have drafted him. But, yeah. um, but so he, he made it out of the draft and they, so they made him a priority and they gave him over 200 K and guaranteed money the most for any of their undrafted rookies uh but yeah he's he's got some legit talent i think he's got some athleticism he's he can jump he can he can run uh he doesn't really drop anything that i've seen so i'm very curious to see if it translates to the preseason because you think he's not going to be going against great like the number one corners on any of these teams uh so um he's you know outside of zach wilson and Mackay, i think he's pretty easily the number one i'm most curious to watch see if it translates xavier gibson also is another one he's He's really sh- he's like five eight five nine. He's shifty, speed. He'd be a returning option. Like I don't think he has a path to the roster necessarily, but if they can see him through the practice squad or whatever, like he's going to be one that I'm interested to see play too because I think they can get him going on some gadget type plays where you're handing it off to him or whatever it is. Yeah, that'll be fun. All right, defensive side of the ball. Um, there's so much depth at defensive end on this team, and we kind of know about the guys that played plenty in the past. But I want to see the guys that haven't played as much, right? Jermaine Johnson, who we talked about, stock up. He's a beast. Uh, Will McDonald, the first-round pick. I know his once the season starts, he's probably like a role guy at this point in his career as he develops. And then Michael Clemens. And we got to talk about Michael Clemens' comments. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's kind of a man of few words, but, man, they're good words. He's so fascinating, and I <laughs> he, he he cracks me up. Like, his present – we hear who we're going to get at the press conference after practice at some point, either during or before practice. And as soon as you say Michael Clemens, you're like, Oh boy, here we go. Cause you don't know what it's going to be. Cause he's like, he, I don't like any, if I don't know if any of you haven't watched this press conference, I recommend going and watching it because there's nothing quite like it. Somebody will ask a question. He kind of like stares for like a, if it, what feels like a minute, but is actually just like a second or two. And then he, and then he like repeats the question and then he like, will either give, an actual answer or he'll just be like, I don't know. Or yeah. I feel like he's, he's definitely been trained. 
Yeah, as far well, I as also like think how, like so Carl Lawson, what somebody tells you to do last, is to last, take a second and yeah, think yeah, about yeah. it. And... But Carl Lawson also said last year that he's a he's a really good actor because he's not quite <laughs> as like what you guys think he is. But yeah, he's just like <laughs> he's like I don't know. He's kind of he's so like dry and I mean he's such a deep voice and he's this huge hulking man. And you know people were asking. So I walking into camp, he had, he had like the. With Lucille, the, the the bat with the barbed wire wrapped around it from Walking Dead. So he was getting kind of grilled on that. Um, and somebody asked him, like, do you watch, like, Walking Dead? He's like, yeah, I've seen every episode. Um, and and then somebody asked him, like, so is the is the bat, like, still in the – is the bat still in the in the building? Like, do you, did, have you hit it somewhere? He's like, let's calm down. Let's not talk about that. He's <laughs> like, put his hands down. But he, like, said it very quietly. And then and then the, the moment of the of – the press conference that fans absolutely loved. And I knew as soon as he, like he, he, some of the questions were about like, does he, does he like how much fans are obsessed with him? Like, does he see on social media, everything everybody's saying about him? He's like, he's a star of all the Jets social media videos because he just seems like, so like, I'm not doing that kind of thing, but he's like, doesn't say anything. It's just Michael Clemens. Like they did a, like this beer pong thing where they had a bounce it off like two cups, like two things into a cup. And so they were showing like all the players trying to do it. And Michael Clemens does it. He misses like the first two times. Then he just walks up, grabs the ball, walks up to the cup that it's supposed to go and drops it in and then walks away. Cause he was just like so tired of doing it. And so I, I actually asked one of the social media girls um, who works for the, for the jets the other day. Um, like, so do you guys like seek out Michael Clemens for that stuff? And they're like, yeah, because he's, he's so like yes. entertaining to us. But yeah. So at late at the, towards the end of the press conference, which I don't think the jets put in their video of it, unfortunately, otherwise we might've shared it here. Uh, he was asked, like, what do you want to show in the preseason game on Thursday? Like, a longer pause than even usual, to the point where Connor, who's not good at, like, uncomfortable long silences, such like, just, like, no, the first thing that comes not. to your head. The first thing that comes to your head, even though I think he was getting there anyway. And so, uh, I, I forget the exact quote. I think it was, uh, so what do you want people to see uh, on Thursday? He's like, that the Jets got a fucking monster, he just said, and that was, like, the end of the press conference. And it's just, like, so so perfect and i'm I, I just feel like there's no way that guy is not going to be really good i don't know and something about the way he carries himself the way he looks you know he's very like chiseled he he bulked up to like 285 or something he's somebody asked him how much he weighs even just like he takes everything so literally too he's like so how much do you weigh he's like he's like depends on when you're asking before breakfast i weigh 285 like <laughs> before breakfast he had to make sure that <laughs> um and it's just like stuff like that it's just like he, he's my one of my favorite characters on this team. I, I really hope he's featured in Hard Knocks for sure. One more thing we're excited about uh, for Thursday night, I think, is the other side, the other team, and Michael Dunn, because he's probably going to get a mm. good, good amount of time on the O-line for the Browns um, to see how he does against this Jets defensive front. That should be fun. Yeah, Michael Dunn. It's the mm. Michael Dunn Bowl. Uh, he's got to put on for his, his new child. And, uh, yeah, the who will be in Same attendance? Way. Maybe. I'm hoping maybe to see heard. Marissa that during the day that day. I'm, yeah. I don't know Ohio. Uh, I hate that I have to go to Ohio twice this year. Sorry if anybody's from there. I'm not not a huge fan of that state personally. But um, somebody asked if Elijah Moore is playing. We can get to some questions. Yeah. There's some good ones in here, but I don't know about that. I doubt it. I would say I because he's like based on the training camp reports, he's been like their top receiver or their number two receiver. So I can't imagine they would play him. Although he did, although if there was a uh, game to play him, right, it would be this one. Although six, six months after my story, he decided to finally say that he never said those things on the floor that I reported. So take that with what you will. <laughs> <laughs> Waited six months to say it, but whatever. Um, yeah, so I don't know if he's going to play. Yeah. Oh, Michael Clemens first. Michael Dunn. Oh man, I don't want Michael Dunn to have to do that. It's going to be tough for him. <laughs> yeah. uh, you want to get into some of these questions yeah yeah there's there's a bunch all right, so. all right let's start um actually way back i think this one might have been even before we went live uh this one came in from jet engine what's the story with tipman is he struggling or is he just getting acclimated i think i think it's acclimated more than struggle i, I just think they don't trust him enough yet to give him legit reps which you know in retrospect you should you think about it aaron Rodgers is playing you know a rookie center, like the odds, once they brought back McGovern, I feel like maybe we should have all realized that it was unlikely that Tittman would be the starter right away. And the fact that he hasn't gotten a single rep with Rodgers in camp um, kind of says it all. So I think they're easing Tittman into it. 
I get the frustration from fans because it's a second round pick and you look across, you know, the interstate in East Rutherford and the, and the Giants rookie center, John Michael Schmitz, who I believe was on the board is, is their first team center. So I know fans are frustrated, but you know, I think the fact that they brought back Connor McGovern at that price and he has been a solid center the last few years, I think you can be comfortable with that. And then, you know, as time develops, they'll throw Tipman in and he can be a kind of swing back up at center and guard, but Ultimately, they just don't think he's ready yet. And so he hasn't even gotten any second-team reps with Zach Wilson. So the preseason, again, will be big for him as well the joint practices. Salah basically said he wants to know the starters, or at least the starter at center by next week. It's pretty clear McGovern's a starter because he's not even playing tomorrow. Yeah. So um, they're saying it without saying it. Wes Schweitzer's gotten some reps with the first team, uh, and it hasn't looked very good. He's had some bad snaps. So it'll be Connor McGovern's job. But, you know, I wouldn't. it wouldn't be shocked if Tittman was starting by the end of the year if – you know, he was ready because they'll play the best five. And talent-wise, he should be one of those five. All right, up next, uh, Sergeant, I guess, CBO. Uh, with the cap space now, who are we trying to bring in other than Dalvin Cook? Uh, I, don't, I don't think there's anyone specific. I think, as Roger was saying, it's more about there are players available now and there will be players available at the trade deadline. There's more than ever that are available at the trade deadline. He kept alluding to that. He did that in his Peter King interview as well. And so – it gives them more flexibility if they want to go and make a win now move at the deadline, which a lot of the best teams do during the season. The Chiefs did with Kadarius Tony last year. The the Eagles in 2017 traded for Jay Ajayi late in the season. They traded like a third round pick. Uh, and so this gives you the flexibility. You know, they didn't really have operating room in terms of money. You need to go into the season with, you know, I'd say more than $10 million for sure. Cause you have to, you both have the cost of elevating guys from the practice squad when guys go on injured reserve and you replace them on the roster. When you're signing for agents or releasing guys and the dead cap heads you take, like you need a little bit of breathing room and the just, you know, th- I think they have something like 15 million and I think that should be enough. Maybe they restructure CJ Mosley at some point. Uh, but yeah, I would say maybe the trade deadline would be more the thing I'd be looking at than a big splash right now. All right. Jet to angel says, can you talk about Corey Davis? I know he was sick. Or he is sick, but he also missed OTAs. Seems unusual. Uh, I don't. He was. He had a kid, I believe, in the OTA stretch is why he wasn't there. So it wasn't like he was holding out, is my understanding. Uh, and then yeah, he did get sick. He returned to practice yesterday. And yeah, I, th- I think he. They like him a lot. And I, he even said that he, you know, the whole situation. He had him questioning if he was going to be back here, but he's here and. You know, maybe he's a trade chip down the line, but I think right now they like him. And I think, as I mentioned earlier, the depth is important. I saw um, a good one about uh, about my hats. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can get to the uh, – um, I'll look for it to bring it up. But the basic question was, what comes first for Zach Rosenblatt? Do you pick a hat and then choose an outfit to go with it, or do you choose an outfit and then find the hat? It's a great question. Um, I'm not. I'm at my brother's place right now, so you can't, I can't show you my hat wall. Uh, but – I would say I usually pick the outfit and then match the hat with it, but there are some there are some days where there's just like a hat I'm looking at and like you know what I haven't worn that one in a while I want to wear that one today and it doesn't match with what I'm wearing and so I adjust the outfit accordingly so um, it is a process I have way too many hats uh, some that I don't even wear as much as I should this one I got from Nashville Bluebird Cafe it's a little cool little music joint uh, where Taylor Swift was discovered I'm wearing my Taylor Swift shirt right now actually. Shout Which shirt? Where? What place is that? Since I was just uh, down. Oh, Blue, yeah. Bluebird Cafe in uh, oh, Nashville. Okay. It's like a small music venue. It's like a famous spot where it's like very intimate, um, and the, like the, the musicians sit in the middle of it, and and then everybody has like seats all around it, and they perform in the middle. Uh, Taylor Swift was discovered there. Like a lot of musicians have played there that are like huge, and it was amazing. And my girlfriend got me this hat when we were there. It was very sweet of her. Um, I know that that you are a Swifty, Zach. I am. I am a converted Swifty. So, yeah, I appreciate you asking about my hats. Uh, yeah. And, All right. Oh, there's, there's a lot of questions in here. Yeah, there's, like they're, they're flooding in now. They they sensed my <laughs> not being able to find anything. Uh, DJ Reed has shown up a lot so far. Does he make another jump and be even better than he was last year? I look, I'm happy somebody asked about him because I feel like he kind of gets thrown under the radar again. But, I, you know, I, I actually talked to him recently because uh, I did this story on uh, Sauce Gardner and Darrell Revis that came out yesterday uh and i want to talk to him for that and i started talking to him about him and i might write something about it soon but 
but he just seems like he's in such a good place mentally. You know, last year he lost his dad. He had a kid last year. He got married recently. And you just hear him and talk to him. He's like such like the vibes are like immaculate with DJ Reed, I would say. And so on on top of that, you watch him out in the field. And I, I think he's been shutting down pretty much everybody he's been covering. He, he's gotten multiple pass breakups against Aaron Rodgers. He goes all out in practice. I, he should have made the Pro Bowl last year. And I, I think he's going to be even better this year personally. So um, you combine that with sauce and you think you have the best cornerback duo in the league. But DJ Reed. Uh, yeah, I do think he makes the jump. He's comfortable in this system. It's a second year here. He's a leader on this team. And I, I, I just think he's an absolute stud and he doesn't get enough credit for it league wide. All right, let's throw this one. Maybe this is the last one. Do you feel comfortable with Dwayne Brown returning healthy to be the left tackler? Or do you think the jets are looking around? I don't think they're looking around. I could be wrong. Um, it's hard to find a good left tackle this time of the year. Cause most teams want theirs and they're not trying to get rid of them. So I do feel comfortable with Dwayne Brown if, if he's healthy. I, I think they're easing him back. And, you know, if you remember last year, I don't think he was even on the team yet at this point, or maybe he had just joined around that. I feel like it was later, actually. Um, but, yeah, I, I think if he's healthy, I think he's a solid left tackle. And then whoever's better between Max Mitchell and Billy Turner and the other side, and, and you roll with it. But um, I get the concern. Uh, but I, I, I believe in Dwayne Brown more than I think some fans do. So. There is a question about the MedLife turf. I think we should wait on that until we see some games being played there. Yeah, and we can kind of get the players' opinions on it. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about that necessarily yet. I think that's more to the giant side of things. Um, yeah. One thing, one thing we sh- I wanted to I wasn't sure if you were going to go to it next, but you brought up uh, w- wanting to come up with a name for our live listeners. It's exactly where I was yeah. going, and we got some in. So let's talk about stole, them. Stole your transition. Yeah. No. No. All good. Well, so I'd say so. I'll, I'll say the ones I had. And we can throw these maybe in a Twitter poll. Uh, I'm sorry, an X poll. Yeah, or if anybody has any other ideas, feel free to put them in the chat too. So um, actually, I pulled up the tweet because I want to give the guy credit. Somebody tweeted uh, at paper underscore GS, uh, tweeted at you and me. He said they should be called the cabin crew because this is his quote. We spend most of our time waiting for the two pilots to get on board to finally take off. Yeah, I thought that was I think that was the best submission that I've seen so far. Some I can't remember. Tarmac. How about the t- fitting? Like this just popped into my head because of that. But like the tarmac, because everyone's always waiting on the tarmac. Uh, that's good. Um, somebody said can't waiters. I can't, I can't remember if it was Dan Botter or Taylor Logato, one of our loyal guys. Um, and then somebody DM me the Zacolites, which I got that too. Yeah, I got the same DM from Doc Ad, and he's in. Pre- he's in the chat. I appreciate. Today. Yeah, I saw him. I saw him. It's, I think it's that's funny, too much uh, but, ego for you. Yeah, I don't. I don't even like. I don't even like myself that much. <laughs> but but if, yeah, if let's. You guys... I think we should do a poll when we have like a good number of these, and we'll see. Uh, athletic supporters from Stephen Engel. That's more of a company wide <laughs> thing than just like the podcast. But yeah, yeah, I like cabin crew though. I'd say that's the leader yeah. of the clubhouse in my eyes. Yeah, that's. Good. I, I actually thought waiters would be kind of funny, but then it just sounds like the. Cause it's like, can't wait, but waiters. And it just sounds like you guys are serving us what you're not. So. Yeah, no, uh, hopefully we're serving you in some way. That's what, that's what the, the, <laughs> yeah, the point yeah. is here. Um, this one to get you excited about Ohio, Zach, before we say goodbye, Steve, yeah, Angle, driving on route 80 through Ohio is three hours of staring at farms and cell towers, which is actually no different than driving through the middle of Pennsylvania. True. Um, I, I'll, I'll just, I'll just share real quick. I was telling you guys about this. I won't go into too much detail, but. I was in a long distance relationship with somebody previously uh, where she was living in Akron at the time, becoming a vet. And I was living in Jersey city covering the giants. And so I spent way too much time in Akron. I would say like more than any, anybody who doesn't live there should spend there. People are now Googling Akron veterinarians. (laughs) I don't think she's a famous veterinarian or anything. I haven't talked to her in a while. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I spent a lot of time there in Akron and I'm sorry if anybody in here is from there. There's nothing going on there. It's like shopping malls and chain restaurants, and it's pretty awful. And I have to stay there this tomorrow or today. I have to get. I have to be in Akron later. This two afternoon. nights in Akron, right? Two nights in Akron. Yeah, t- two nights in Akron. Which I never thought I would step foot in Akron again, but here we are. And you know, there you go. You got a little peek inside my personal life, guys. And I have to spend it with Connor too. I, I have to drive in 30 minutes. I'm on the same flight as him, and I have to drive for 30 minutes in a car from Cleveland Akron with him. So pray for me. I was discussing this with a, with a coworker and we're whatever. We're still at 48 minutes. We're not going too long. We can, we can go into nonsense. If people now, are still was, here, then they're loyal. So yeah, yeah. I was having a discussion with a coworker about um, travel with people you work with. 
and how to handle it when you show up at the airport and you see <laughs> like, oh, that guy, I work with him. Um, should I go say hi? Should I <laughs> pretend to not notice they're there? Because um, this person went through an entire experience of like getting to the airport, clearly seeing someone. They saw him, but like, and he was willing to like have a conversation, but the other person clearly was not. Mm. And See, then getting I, on the plane and not sitting that far from the person oh, and that awkward. continuing and then arriving at the hotel and upon hotel oh, arrival, my. the person was suddenly like separate cabs, suddenly like, hey, <laughs> like, oh, my the, God, it was it was like a personal rule where this person refused to accept that they were with a coworker through airport flight. <laughs> you know, separate cabs. But the moment arrival at the hotel happened, it was like, okay, now we're officially here. We can talk. I, some people just treat it that way. I, it's, it's okay, that, that's like, an, that's like, an, obviously like you an, can't do that with Connor. No, he would I mean, not I allow that, it. He, I mean, he wouldn't make that possible. Yeah. I, I think that to the, the degree, the person you just described, that was like a little too extreme. I, there's definitely days where I don't feel like talking to anyone when I'm flying. So like I yeah. can see that, but especially I, if it's like a seven AM flight, you're like, I'm just gonna should, put the I should say, what, rim one of the thing hat that, down and one thing that I always get happy about is I've had multiple times where can't wait listeners came up to me like either before a flight or they were on my flight or something like that. And that I always love that because we love everybody who listens to the show. But yeah, that's <laughs> Connor Hughes yeah, coming so, up to me. I'm not wait, you're at, flying that. out of Newark, right? If anybody's gonna be no, in I'm Newark, flying this out of Philly. Flying out of Philly. Actually. Oh, flying yeah. out of that's right. That's right. Yeah. If, you're, if you're in the Philly airport today, look for Zach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Unless you're a Birds with Friends fan. Or, or look for Connor's redhead, and then you'll you'll probably see us. Yeah. All right. Good <laughs> stuff. Um, if something insane happens during the game <clears throat> tomorrow night, we will reconvene for a kind of like emergency reaction show. But otherwise, it's the preseason. So we'll be back next week, and we'll talk about this game and get you ready for the next one then. Um, but like I said, if if something if Zach Wilson throws four touchdown passes in a quarter, three of them to Brownlee, who makes a catch spinning yeah, over his yeah. head, you know, something my, like that, then we'll next, be here next, to react to it. The next pot will probably be from Spartanburg, South Carolina. Is my oh, that's guess. right. Yeah. Because I'll be That'll there. Be better than Akron. I'll be there Tuesday night, I think. So, yeah. Remember there your you microphone. <laughs> Good point. All right, if you want to join The Athletic, you can do it for $1.99 a month for a year. If you're not a subscriber yet, go to theathletic.com slash can't wait. Again, we'll be with you next week. Enjoy the game Thursday. Football is back Hall of Fame style in Canton, Ohio. We'll talk to everybody next week.